Hi. Um, yeah, no, I'm Naria, and I'm reading the Bible reading today. It's Ecclesiastes 12, 1 to 8. Yeah. Remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach where you will say, I find no pleasure in them, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain. Keep the keeper, wait, <laughs> when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stop, when the grinding ceases, cease, yep, because they are few, and those looking through the window grow dim. When the doors of the streets are closed and the sound of the grinding fades, when, when people rise up at the sound of birds, but their songs grow faint, and when people are afraid of heights and the dangers of the streets, when the, I don't know how to, almond? I, almond, my mom corrected me on that last night, anyway. <laughs> When the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags itself along and the, desire, and the desire no longer is stirred, when the people go to the eternal home and the mourners go to the street, remember him before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well, and the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. Oh, yeah. Well done, Naria. Um, let me start with the kids. Kids, um, can you tell me just a few things before I jump in? What are some of your favourite things that you like about your grandparents? All right, go, no. Yeah, no. They're nice? Yeah. And? They give you food. Yes. Okay, anybody else? Jazz? They're barbecues. Yes, I got great barbecues. Yes. In family camp? A family camp? Oh, yeah, because you go to a big family camp every year, don't you? Yeah, and the grandparents. Anybody else? What do you love about? Yes, Marty. Lollies? Yes. I distinctly remember your grandfather giving you a breakfast one morning of Coke and marshmallows. <laughs> it was horrifying. <laughs> We're in a series on um, the book of Ecclesiastes. That's a part of the Bible if you're new to the Bible or new to church. And we're looking at a lot of, a lot of um, themes and topics that come up. Tell us about how does... God want to change that thing. So we talked about work, um, life in general, uh, pleasure, uh, and today we're talking about um, old age, right? And so we've we've kind of selected the songs. If you've noticed that, really, I think speak uh, older hymns and all that um, to fit the theme. And I thought I might also start by introducing the theme with a few jokes. <laughs> I couldn't help resisting this. Now, it's a bit tricky because you can't joke about seniors or, or, or old people um, if you aren't one, you know. So like, it's like you can only make certain jokes if, you, if you've got the credit to do it. But thankfully, I was handed this wonderful little uh, calendar by, by Ruth who said, well, I've got a few jokes 
And she gave me the authority, I think, to, to make these jokes now, because they're from her, really, it's not from me. Uh, I'm not risking offence here at all. Uh, age doesn't always bring wisdom. A lot of the time, age just turns up all by itself. You know you're getting old when everything hurts and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. <laughs> the only sport left for me now is hunting for my glasses. <laughs> I bet there's some here who's not that old in thinking that's actually true of you too. <laughs> I've reached the age when I need my hearing aid and false teeth before... I can ask where I left my glasses. <laughs> right. One more. One more. Go, Alf. Great. You've got to love it, don't you? All right. What is it like getting old? Right? That's sort of a question that I'll put before you. What, what is it like? <laughs> it sucks. Okay? You know, it's a, it's a profound answer. We're going to dig into the... <laughs> I mean, that's actually very true. Um, I wasn't quite sure... When we say today, just before I launch into the answer to this question, what is old? What are we talking about here? Just, 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 just for, a, for a frame of reference, right? Are we talking about a person who's 60? You know, when you get your seniors card in the mail, are you old then? Are we talking about a person who's 70, 80, 96? What, what is old? Okay, it's all relative, to be perfectly clear, but... Just for the sake of, of the message, we're talking here about a... I'm, I'm going to be pretty blunt and say really old. Uh, we're talking about end of life. We're talking about a person who's entering the stage of life where you become vulnerable, right? Um, increasingly uh, bound, isolated, confined. We're talking nursing home, you know? Now, of course, it's a scale. Everything that we're going to say becomes more and more true of you the older and older you get. But I think really when, when we hear what we're going to hear now, this is what you have to have in mind. We're, we're sort of talking about um, a person who becomes vulnerable in old age, really towards the end of life. Um, keep that in the back of your mind. As we now look at what the writer of Ecclesiastes tells us about the question of what's it like to become old. He gives us a poem, one of the most famous and beautiful poems, that I want to unpack for you first just what it means without explaining it. And I hope that you would feel as we unpack the poem something of, of the, uh, the clarity or the, 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 the power of the imagery and the metaphors that he uses. All right, so come with me as we, as we jump into this poem. I might just click over so it's before you on the screen. The passage starts with this. This is not the poem just yet. It says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. So young people, 
In some ways, this passage is not about old people. It's about young people. It's about, it's about most of us here. We're gonna, I'm going to tell you what it means for you later on. For now, we'll, we'll just take note. Remember God who made you when you were young. Before the days of trouble will come and the years approach when you'll say, I find no pleasure in them. Why would a person ever say, I find no pleasure in my days? Well, here's the poem that we're given. This is what it's like getting old, according to the teacher who wrote Ecclesiastes. Uh, Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain. You know, usually when it rains, it rains, it becomes dark it's kind of miserable, miserable, it's kind of dreary, but then it finds up again and the sun comes out and the rain moves on, right? That's sort of usually how it works. But not, not when you reach the end of your life, this imagery would seem to suggest, right? Cancer sets in to stay. Swelling in the legs don't go because the heart is not repairing itself after the heart attack. Medicines keep piling up as one biological complication sparks another. Tiredness and fatigue doesn't go. You see, the clouds stay. It's not like it used to be when after a lot of work, a good rest, you recover. You get sick, you heal, and you move on. It doesn't happen that way anymore. The pain, the troubles, just keeps piling on and on and on and on. It's what it's like to get that old, right? And then I'll step through the rest of this beautiful imagery. When the keepers of the house tremble... And the strong men stoop. Keepers of the house, it's arms. When you start to get that vulnerable and old, you can't hold things anymore, right? Can't hold a cup anymore to drink. Feed yourself because of the trembling. The strong men, there's legs. Uh, Legs are stooped, can't bear up the, the house anymore. Can't walk anymore. When the grinders cease because they are few. Teeth. Remember, this is ancient times when this was written. We, of course, have modern medicine. We can do false teeth and all those sorts of things. But even in our day and age, it's not that easy to eat. Eat your food. Chew your food when you get extremely old. Grinders cease. Don't chew anymore. Don't eat anymore. Those looking through the window grow dim. Eyesight starts to fail. Can't see anymore through the windows. It's dim and it's dark. The doors out to the streets are closed. Um, Not leaving the house anymore. (laughs) Not going out. Stuck in the room or in the house. No more going out, going to the shops. And in our day and age, can I add to that the 
layer of complexity of a world that is going digital, online. I was at the bank this week and sitting waiting for my appointment. A couple of seniors came in and needed help with something and they were just repeatedly said, oh, but you can do this online. And they go, no, I can't. I won't. <laughs> I'm not going to. It's painful. You're, <laughs> you're barred, right? You, you, you can't go out, whether it's online or, or physically, as, as you physically can't go out, right? The sound of grinding fades. Um, when people rise up, uh, sorry, the sound of grinding fades. Hearing, we're not hearing anymore. The hustle, the bustle, uh, deafness of old age sets in. People rise up at the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint. It's an imagery of saying we can hear when we're spoken to, but vocal cords and the ability to speak and communicate goes. Get that vulnerable, that old, that frail, we don't want to or cannot speak anymore. Verse 5, people are afraid of heights. And the senior starts falling. And it's, it's a dangerous thing to just walk. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to walk. I'm afraid to leave the house. I'm afraid to get up onto my own two feet, let alone behind the wheel of a car. Right? When the almond tree blossoms, it's an imagery for grey hair, silver hair. When the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire no longer is stirred. Just don't want to do anything anymore. Nothing interests me. Nothing sparks desire. <laughs> I just want to go home. Eternal home. How many times have we heard that from people, it's particularly beautiful if it's people who know Jesus and who say, look, I just want to go. And even those who don't have the hope of meeting Jesus would say, look, this is just so awful, I, I, I just want to die. <laughs> I'm done, right? And then the poem kind of finishes by saying, eventually it comes. People go to their eternal home, wherever, whatever that is for you. The mourners go about the streets, Remember him, it says before, the silver cord is severed, the golden bowl is broken, the pitcher is shattered at the spring, and the wheel broken at the well. These are all images of something that's broken. It's done. It cannot be repaired. Life is done. Death comes. Dust returns to the ground, and the spirit returns to God, who gave it. What a picture, folks. What an incredible picture powerful picture we're given here. And we now want to ask the question, okay, what does it say to you? What does it say to me? What can we learn from this? Particularly, how does it encourage all of us today to look at this, to hear this? What does God want to do in us? What does he want to show us? What does he want to Reveal to us today as, as, as he shows us this incredible part of his word, this, this powerful poem. Here are a couple of things. I'll mention them and then we'll finish up. Firstly, he wants to speak to you if you are young. 
Now, young is really anybody who's not in that stage of life. No matter what your age is, okay? You need to hear this. Here's, here's what I think we're meant to get from this. Love God when you are young so that you can enjoy him for longer. Okay? I'm going to say it again. This is, this is verse 1. Remember your creator when you are young. Remember God when you are young. What does it mean to remember? I think it means to, to I'm going to go for love God. Make God the centre of your life. Seek God as the, the most important thing. From as young as you are, the younger you are, the better. Remember him, take him seriously, place him at the centre of your life. Why? Because in a certain sense, and, and I'll explain this, in a certain sense it means that you would enjoy him for longer in life. Okay? What do I mean by that? Um, I'm going to be careful here because I don't want to be misunderstood. But I think, and I hope, from what I've heard from people who are going through the end stages of their life, and what the Word of God teaches here, I think he's saying to us that you're able, in a certain sense, to enjoy God more when you're young, during your physical life, than when you are old. Here's what I mean. I think... The teacher is saying to us, you, you cannot enjoy the beauty of a garden or a sunrise, let alone a mountaintop, when you can't see it. In fact, you can't even get outside the house, into the garden, to smell and see and savour the beauty and the glory and the grandeur of God. It gets very hard to encounter the beauty and the wonder of the, and the presence of the living God in, in worship, worshipping him with others as you, as you go to worship him when you, you can't hear what's said, you can't see, you can't read. Maybe if your mind starts to fail, you're not even part of what goes on, right? You can't do it physically at that stage of life when you're old. But you can when you're young. And I think what they are saying to us, the poem, people in that stage of life, is enjoy him, love him, embrace him. Make your body and your physical strength of youth be an instrument for the, for the pursuit of God, for the love of God, for the enjoyment of God. Remember that. Because a time is going to come when the clouds won't go away when that is going to be very difficult to do, much harder to do, right? Don't waste your life, is what the poem's saying, because the days of trouble will come. But what about the old person then? What does this say to the senior, to the person who right now is in that season of life and if you're here today and you're well enough to come out, this is for you particularly or for loved ones who are ageing who already could not be here or for all of us as we will all go through this 
one time in life? What's the encouragement? What's the hope, right? What, do, what does the Word of God tell us about this? I want to say a couple of things that we get from it. Number one, God hears you in your suffering of old age. I think Carla was right when she said, it sucks. It does. <laughs> Wonderful thing about our friend Koela, first up, is that he's such a realist. He says, we can't beat around the bush with this. This is by far one of the worst things that a human being need to live through. This is by far, arguably, one of the most severe curses of sin that we have to live under, right? Physically, we die. We still have to go through death. No matter how uh, many miracles, how many things we may see God do, the fact is, we still have to pass through this. Everything that this poem says is true for all of us. Still. And it, and it sucks. It's awful. It's horrible. It's painful. And I think the fact that it appears in the Word of God gives us the encouragement that we can say it. We can say it. We can say it with tear, stained, eyes, quivering voices, to our loving Heavenly Father that this is awful. It is still an awful thing to endure, even as a child of His. But of course, that's the bad news. What about the good news? Where's the good news in all this for the senior, for the ageing person? Well, let me give it to you in a story, and then we'll finish. There's a story of a, a writer who writes on this text that... Um, uh, Ryan and I are using as we preach these sermons. His name's Philip Ryken. He talks of his grandfather who found it hard in his early 90s to remember anything, including one time when he said to Philip's mother, I can't remember who I am. That's okay, Dad, she said. I know who you are, and I can take care of you. Friends, the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that God remembers you. We may not remember God, but he will remember you as you pass through old age. As all of these things start descending upon you and you say, hey, it really feels like this sucks and there is nothing good to celebrate here. There still is this, that God remembers you. Is the wonderful and life-giving message of the gospel that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to become like you, to endure the bodily pain of death, such as you are in the process of doing. But more than that, that the curse of eternal separation from God was laid on him and not on you. And that God will also remember to raise you up 
to restore your failing body, to bring you into his presence. God remembers you and will not forget you. And this is for you as a, as a senior or someone who's approaching the end of life, are uniquely placed to understand and appreciate the extraordinary promise of the resurrection. You are so close. <laughs> you are nearly there. More than anybody, you can say, I understand the value of the hope that I have in Christ. That yes, this sucks. Hey, but I know what's coming. I know the hope to which I've been called. And yes, this is painful and I can be open about it, but I also need to hold on to the promise that yes, one day I will be well 100%. You may say more than anybody, perhaps the words of this verse that I don't have on the slide, but let me read it to you. Um, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 1. If the earthly tent we live in, that's our bodies, is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. God is going to raise you up. That old house that the poem talks about, that's creaking and failing and stooping, it will be renewed. It will be eternal, it will be glorious, and it's close. And so vulnerable seniors, while it's true that you perhaps cannot remember God as richly as you used to when your body allowed it, at least not in a physical sense, you are uniquely placed to remember his promise of a resurrected body in the presence of Christ. You are so close to it. Would you dwell on that richly as you wait? Would you fill your mind with the joyful prospect of the gospel's promise? Remember God, because he remembers you. Please pray with me. Father, we are grateful. Perhaps today more than any other day in Ecclesiastes, for the wonderful promise that the gospel makes. A promise that you will raise all of those who believe in you. Who believe in the work you've done through Christ. The work to overcome death and all its consequences, spiritually, physically. Father, I pray for those who are going through this vulnerable end-of-life time. Would you fill them afresh anew with the glistening, shining, clear hope of the promise of their future in your presence? Restored, resurrected, renewed, a fool. May they hold to it, cling to it, yearn for it, long for it, day by day. And Lord, I pray that you'd prepare each of us for when that is our time. May we live through it faithfully. Sustain us with your grace as we pass through death into victory. And Father, I pray for any in our families, maybe here today, for whom 
The prospect of death and of aging is so final. Father, for those who do not know, that you have come to offer life, life eternal, life to the full. Break in, Father, with the hope of the gospel. Draw to yourself the many, Father, in our nursing homes, in our families, who are ripe and ready to receive the word and the promise of hope. Father, would you place faithful witnesses in those places? Witnesses to Christ, who even at the 11th hour will encourage, invite and share the glory of the hope that they may have in Christ. May many come to receive it. And may your grace reign supreme as it brings hope and joy and comfort. We ask and we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.